Back outside of Fon, Lafondra away from Davis. Three-one running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, I hope you're all feeling good. But yesterday was dire, absolutely dire. Uh, 4-0 defeat at Rotherham United, fully deserved win for them, but we're not here to talk about them. We're going to talk about the shambles that was Reading FC. It does not define our season, but it definitely doesn't help us going forwards to help me talk through it. I've been joined by Nick Holton. How are you doing, Nick? Not too bad, Paul. Could be better. Yeah, definitely. I think we all could be, can we? Um, Alex Everson, how are you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm doing better than yesterday. I'm not on a eight-hour round trip to Rotherham and back, so... Can't be, you know, can't be as bad as yesterday, can it? No, no, it definitely can't be. Well, going into the match, we saw only one change, what we all predicted. Loon came into the side for his uh, full league debut in the place of Ovi Ujari, yet another victim of the Reading FC injury curse. Now, the start of this game had an incident one minute in that Paul Ince called, I think, a stonewall penalty. Now, Nick, um, absolutely no way that this was a penalty i'm not quite sure what he was watching yeah i haven't seen it back to be honest but from the we're up the other end of the stadium and uh from there it did look at the time like a penalty but i think alex has seen it back or seen some comments suggesting that it was nowhere near a penalty um but from where we were it looked like long had got in front of the keeper and the keeper sort of just comes through him and just clatters him to the floor and then I think he just gives a drop ball in the end. I don't even think he gave any free kicks or anything. Um, but it looked like first one minute in, we're getting no luck again from the, from the referees. But based on what it seems like other comments that when guys watching it on uh, or streaming it, uh, it suggests that it probably wasn't a penalty and we, we just move on. Yeah, no, I've, I watched it and I saw so like a, a photo of it. And it's basically the goalie catching the ball, Alex. Uh, I, in any way that Paul Ince is saying that the referee bottled it. I think he's he's doing the a typical thing that all managers do in these situations. He's trying to find a, a way to divert the attention. Yeah, it's an easy deflection tactic, I guess, to to say the game could be different if that was a penalty and and things like that. But yeah, having seen the photo of, of the Rotherham goalkeeper, Johansson, Johansson catching the ball, I mean, Long's jumped and Johansson just caught it above his head. And as he's caught it, he's like, you know, bounced into him. That's pretty much it. Um, I, I can see from, oh, well, from where we were stood, it looked as if Long had just got smashed to the floor. But yeah, having seen the photo of it afterwards, you can see that Johansson's already got the ball before Long's even like in the air. And just looks like he's um, one of those kind of goalkeeper, goalkeeper claims it and there's really nothing to it, uh, unfortunately. But I can see why... Paul Ince is leading with it because it's one of those incidents that if it does go your way, then it, it can be a game changer. But it, yeah, definitely not a penalty. Yes, it's a bit desperate from uh, Paul Ince. Um, yeah, a bit like the whole of the game, really. Um, then just team went to shit, really, didn't they? Uh, it really <laughs> was dire. Like I said earlier, this doesn't define how we're going to do this season. But wow, losing 4-0 to Rotherham and deserving to lose... What was going on with that first goal, Nick? Because that wasn't just poor from one player. That was multiple players. It, it was. Um, it's the same every week so far this season. We're conceding first within like 10, inside 10 minutes. 
and we need to cut it out. And it seems like we're just sort of sitting back and letting teams have the ball in and around our box, crossing the crossing the ball, inviting pressure. Um, we just didn't clear our lines for for quite a while, for what, thirty seconds, a couple of minutes maybe. Um, cross comes in, and it's an in swing. I don't think the goalkeeper can come out and do much with that. Um, but from watching it back, it's Tom McIntyre who loses his man, doesn't win the header, and he, as a defender, you've got to be winning that. It's right on him, and uh, it's, it's an easy, easy finish for the for I think it was Richard Wood, wasn't it? Isn't he about thirty-seven years old as well, and he's popping up at the back post and scoring. I think it was even open play. I don't think it came from any set pieces or anything. He was just some reason up there and uh, one nil Rotherham. It's the same. We're just thinking it's the same again, and we're, we're climbing a mountain before we've even got going. Yeah, we all know how the Rotherham are going to play, Alex, don't we? There's no real shock to how they set up and how they went up against us, but we just couldn't deal with it. No, in the term, in the way they played, no. They're very direct and they're very physical and they pressed very, very quickly. Uh, and yeah, it was basically the rim just couldn't couldn't handle it at all. Um, as Nick said, McIntyre just completely loses his man on the first goal and he basically just gets bullied for the goal. Uh, that's it. Wood would just base jumps up and straight over him, and McIntyre doesn't really compete for it at all, and he's yeah beaten very easily in the air, and then that, that obviously just leads on to you know we're sitting there one nil down after what's it six seven minutes something like that, and as Paul Ince said after the game, the team's not good enough to keep coming back from one nil down to to win games or to draw games like we we can't start games like that every every week and when you're playing against Rotherham who are going to be in your face and they are going to be direct you're in for a really really long 85 minutes once you go one nil down because they're not going to make it easy for you to come back into the game no not at all not at all um there were some very damning comments from Paul Ince about Tom Holmes and McIntyre after the game by him basically implying that they weren't up to the physicality by saying that we need men in there and you can't be playing players like T-Mac and Holmes every week. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Alex. I mean, that seems pretty brutal on physicality because I think that's one thing that T-Mac doesn't like, that's for certain. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a brutal comment, but I think he's going to go after some of the players. Um after that kind of performance. So I can understand going after the defence because it was a weak performance. Um, and unfortunately, you can put some of the blame for those goals, certainly on McIntyre, and maybe some of the blame on the last one on Holmes as well. I don't know if it's necessary physicality, though, always, but it's a mixture of sometimes there's physicality and they get bullied, sometimes it's pace and they, they're just not with it. Sometimes it's positioning. It's. I, I don't necessarily think it's a physical issue. I, I think it's more of just a quality issue. Need. I say need. I, I actually think Holmes is probably a championship defender, but I think McIntyre struggles a little too often to be someone you can rely on week in, week out, playing at centre back in the championships currently. Yeah, it's weird because last week he was excellent. He was excellent against Cardiff. So who knows how this is going to go? Yeah, he did have a bad day yesterday. Nick, then we move into the Lumley horror show, I guess you'd have to call it, wouldn't it, from his own perspective? Um, I feel for him 
But as a Reading fan, um, I've got to say that was just one of the worst performances I've seen in 45 minutes from a Reading goalie. I tweeted that and some people are saying, oh, you know, it's over the top. But honestly, it was terrible. Um, yeah. Connor Washington gets the next goal and just talk us through that one, Nick. Yeah, it, it, it was a horror show from Lumbly. It was a real pick and mix of errors um, from the second to the fourth, as you said. Um, so I don't, I don't see how anyone can argue against that being harsh. Um, yeah, the second goal, it, it was a long ball. Rotherham played quite a lot of long balls. And that's not a disservice to them, a discredit. It's uh, just the way they play and we have to react to that. And fair play, it worked. Um, it goes sort of the runner. I think Connor Washington ran off homes, round behind McIntyre. They don't communicate. They don't know what they're doing. With the long ball, for me, it kept working. They've just got to drop a bit deeper and deal with that long ball. Don't let it go over them. Don't let it bounce. At the same time, Lumley needs to be quicker off his line. He needs to be ready. He sort of starts to come and hesitate, which isn't a good sign. Washington gets in there. Holmes tried to cover. He's not quick enough. McIntyre's already left for dead. He's, he's miles behind. Um, and then from the angle, you still think, OK, he's still got a lot to do. Maybe Lumley can come out and close the angle so he can't get a free shot off at goal. Um, but he, he hit it quite well. But it's his near post. It's just gone through Lumley. It's taken his head off kind of thing. Um, and it's a mistake for me from Lumley in a few, for a few reasons. I think one could have come, two, close the angle, three, near post. But at the same time, it's one I can get over. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, it's not a shocking mistake. Uh, but it just leads to, to what's to come, unfortunately. Now we're 2-0 down. It looked like we're just starting to get going as well at that point, uh, just from a hopeful long ball. And just no one deals with it. No one takes accountability for these long balls, whether it's Lumley or or Holmes or McIntyre. Um, just caught out and caught napping. And we need to be, as Alex said earlier, we need to be fighting these teams that are going to be in your face. You need to play their game at times. And if you don't, they're just going to take advantage of that. Men against boys, basically. At this point, I don't actually think, although Nick points out that Lumley has got some portion of blame in the, in this second goal, I don't actually think Lumley has done anything like hugely wrong at this point. No. But at this point, it's where his head just his head just goes completely, and it's mm. he's acting as if he's the one who's who's conceded yeah. the second goal, and it's all his body language. This is body language just goes, doesn't it? His head drops, and it, like the next. Five ten minutes are just calamitous. There's the third goal, but even before the third goal goes in, you see him chasing to the edge of the area for, for balls. You see him like dropping, slipping over on goal kicks. Like his head, I have no idea what happens to him there after that second goal. But his head is just absolutely gone, and um, it's a really odd kind of mirroring of, of last week when you see him uh, make the mistake with the cross against Cardiff, which didn't lead to anything. And then he comes back and has actually a really good game against Cardiff. And then this week, he doesn't make a mistake, particularly for that second goal. Um, and then the, the the rest of the first half, it's just like everything he did was him trying to make up for what he did and just going way too far. I just don't understand the... I just don't understand it whatsoever. It just made no sense. Yeah, he's. I can't. Seeing him to his mind at that point, he 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 wasn't concentrating on the game. He was in a totally different place, wasn't he? I mm. suspect we don't know that, but I think his 
his brain was probably going through all the other areas he's made at different clubs and not focusing on the fact that last week and the game week before, he was actually really good for us. I couldn't knock it at all. But the third goal, um, yeah, that was dire. I mean, we've seen mistakes like this before from Goldwyn. We've seen it from Southwood. We've seen it from other ones as well. So he's not alone here. I remember the Southwood one from a long distance against Hull City at home last season. But this was even weaker. Um, Nick, <laughs> when yeah. this goes in, I was really thinking this could end up five or six nil here. It, it was so bad in error. It was such a weak shot as well from Lindsay. Yeah, it, it was poor. And just before that, he had already come off his line, trying to sweep, missed the ball entirely. And Rotherham actually just pretty much put an open goal over the bar then. And you can see then, OK, his head's 100% gone. Uh, yeah, Lindsay cuts in from the right. Uh, very tame shot, straight at him. And he sort of goes to scoop it up with his hands. And his legs are just sort of open. There's a big gap between his legs. And it sort of squirms through him. And rather than react as the ball's rolling towards the line, because he's a couple of yards off the line, Rather than react and try to scoop the ball out, or at least make the attempt to, whether he would have got there or not, he may not have done, probably would not have done, but he could have made that attempt at his time. He just looks at his defence for some reason, who had nothing to do with this goal as well. There's no error there really with the defence at all. Um, and the ball just then rolls in and it's just reaction, just says it all. He's just, head's gone. He's looking for some sort of support. Um, but yeah, I, I can't sympathise with him there. It's just so poor at this level. It's... You know, not just poor goalkeeping, but I think the mentality just isn't there. It's a weak mentality and he needs to be stronger. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. Um, you know, there's a reason QPR and Middlesbrough have just got rid of him because he's not good enough for all the, you know, he had a couple of good games. You think, OK, maybe he's OK. But then we've just seen it there for three games in, what a disaster he can be. And uh, I do really worry now going forward and... I'd be very surprised if he keeps his place in goal simply for the first couple of goals there. We haven't even gotten to the fourth one yet. And I, I just don't think he can keep his place in the team on Wednesday. Just can't can't see it. I can see him keeping his place, if only because he's probably not going to be playing against Middlesbrough next weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the issue for me with Lumley now is that you've seen him have two reasonably OK games against Blackpool and Cardiff followed by an absolute howler against Rotherham. And it, if you have one howler in a season where you have that kind of performance, then you kind of live with it. If you're trying to say yeah. vision, it's going to happen. You have two, three, four, like where's the limit? Um, and uh, it's really difficult to, to, I think it's really difficult to basically write Lumley off based on that, even though he's had those errors because at the moment, it's like he's going to be our first choice keeper, I think, no matter what. Because I don't think that Bozanis is going to come in and be the number one just yet. Maybe he will in six weeks' time if Lumley has another two games like that and would really, you know, at a desperate point. But when we're three games into the season, I don't see I don't see the club and, and Paul Lintz writing him off based off of one game because they must have known that that kind of thing can happen with Lumley. It's not a it's not the first time it's happened in his career where he's had multiple mistakes in one game. So it's, it, it would be, although as fans, it's the first time we're seeing it. They must know that that's, that sort of thing's going to potentially happen within this season. Um, so for them to write him off after one game, I would be quite surprised. I think he'll probably keep his place going forwards. 
um, until potentially he has another game like that. Fingers crossed he doesn't, but uh, I think he'll probably keep his place, Paul. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think he will keep his place because I think the backup is just as bad. Um, I don't really have much faith in uh, Rosanis at all, but we will see how that one goes. Um, the bad news is it got even worse. Uh, 4-0 comes up, Nick. Um, Plumley is definitely to blame here for this one, but also yeah. the defending leading up to it was also dire as well. Yeah, it's, it's another long ball. Was it the keeper who, who just launched the ball forward at this point? Um, and it's just gone over. I think it was in between Holmes and McIntyre again. And it's probably more Holmes' fault. He's just caught out again uh, positionally. He needs to drop the yards to expect him that ball. They need to be expecting this ball to be going long. Drop a few yards. And then if it doesn't, you can step forward. And now it's gone between, again, Lumley and the defenders. The runner, I think it's on Ben, who actually really impressed me yesterday. He's very quick, was very lively. And he, he gave Nestor, Guinness Walker and McIntyre a torrid time. And he sort of runs between McIntyre and the goalie. Lumley, for me here, shouldn't come this time. And I think he's panicking and he's just become erratic. His head's gone. He's come thinking, I need to step up and sweep or whatever. I don't know what's going on in his head at this point. I don't think anybody does. It's gone. Um, but I think McIntyre's sort of still covered or better at this point. I think he can stay with him. And because Lumley comes, it probably gets in the way of McIntyre to an extent. But Benner gets in between them, nicks the ball, and it's an open goal, and, and Finch slots it home. And it's just all round shocking between, I think, the whole back three or back five, or however we want to call it, plus Lumley, was a shambles yesterday. And the team weren't good enough. We weren't good enough at all as a whole, as a collective. You know, Hendrick and the attacking midfield role didn't work at all. Um, but the defence was shambolic, and if if we perform like that defensively, we're we're going we're going to get relegated, and it's it's a shame because I think we had a positive first two performances. Um, Blackpool, we should have got something and good win at Cardiff against Cardiff, and there's lots of positives to take there, and this is a massive backward step in how we've done the first two games. They definitely were targeting. Um, that area between between the left side. and Guinness Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was I think it was Barlaser who, who basically just it's another long ball and it actually it's really similar to the second goal except for the fact that it's not gone in the channel it's gone in between Holmes and McIntyre for that last goal and I think Nick's right you can see that Lumley has come out to try and sweep it and he's basically panicked because the ball's not got enough on it it's a really really good pass actually but it's not got enough on it. To, to actually come into the area. So by the time Lumley's got to the ball, he's already outside the area. And the only thing he can do is try and header it. But Ogbeni gets there before him and he's just caught in no man's land. So it just looks like a complete... I mean, he's just nowhere by that point. And it's a really kind of... It was tapping after that. But and yeah, Nick, as Nick said, the defence as a whole yesterday, even excluding the fact that Lumley has probably cost minimum two... Uh, two goals, three goals, I don't know, two goals, at minimum two goals. Even excluding that, the defence in the first half was really, really poor. Um, the Rotherham had definitely done their homework. They knew to target the pace of both Guinness Walker and and Tom McIntyre on that left-hand side, and they, they, they just created every time they came forward and we looked like we were going to concede. Um it, it didn't, yeah, it just really reeked of, of a lack of organisation and a lack of kind of preparation that first half, um, excluding the, the errors from the keeper. But 
it, yeah, if we if we have more defensive performances like that, there really there really is no no kind of way that this season ends with anything but finishing the bottom three. Um, but as I said, it's it, when you look at back at the first two games, it's like night and day because the defense in the first two games has looked organized. It's looked reasonably strong, and then you look at yesterday, and it's just like just fell to pieces. So I, I you don't I don't know where to like see them go. I don't know where I see them going. Yeah, I, I I'm not in any way surprised that Paul Warren is out thought. Paul Lint because I think Paul Warren's an excellent manager who makes the most of what he's got. Are they going to get promoted from the championship? No, but that was never their ambition, I suspect, at Rotherham. It's just to stay up, isn't it? Um, anyone who's listened to the podcast that's on BBC Sounds will get an insight into Paul Warren, and we've all seen what he's done with the Rotherham. It's like a constant yo-yo, but that's still a major achievement. And after the match, he actually said the scoreline was flattering towards them, which I can kind of agree. In some ways, that was true. But he also said well, that we could have scored three or four goals. Now, Paul, I appreciate this. I really do. It's very kind of you. But that wasn't the case, though, was it, Alex? I, I didn't see any of that. I think we had one or two half chances here and there. And we did look OK when we were going forwards. But it felt so and Three or four like, goals, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we had three or four chances. I'm not sure three or four goals. I mean, we, I think we hit the post. Or the keeper made a really good save from a, a corner we had. Um, and Tomins had a shot which was into the side netting in the first half. It, but three or four goals, yeah, would have been a real stretch. Um, and we looked okay going forwards, but it, okay is really the limit of where it, it got to yesterday. I think going forwards, the the inclusion of Hendrick playing behind Shane Long was was not the one. It wasn't the right idea. It didn't work. The second half when Hoylet got pushed further forwards and moved out of that right wing back spot made way more sense. It looked more solid. It gave Nestor Guinness Walker and, and McIntyre some cover on the left. And then you looked at it in the second half and you think, why didn't we start like this? Because it made, it just looked so much more compact and solid. And yeah. So yeah, I think we looked okay going forwards. We did create a couple of half chances, but nothing really to, you know, get too excited about, I think. Yeah, I think that the tactical situation is what you look at with Paul Lintz. I think um, it's quite often the case that we have these games, and especially from away, where our record under him is absolutely abysmal. Uh, it's terrible. When after the game, he'll make a change at half-time and then we look better. But by that point, the game's over. And that's no use to us, Nick, is it? I mean, what do you think on Paul Lintz going forward? Because, OK, we've made a... Oh, not a terrible start to the season, even with yesterday. We're not in the bottom three, which is a miracle. Um, we'll probably end up there pretty soon. But do you think he's a long-term answer for us going forward? He's not. I think he's probably just the best we can hope for at this moment in time in our circumstances. Um, I think if it gets to the end of the season and we stay up, he'll be on thin ice immediately with the restrictions easing. Um, but then at the same time, do we want to give him a free reign in a transfer window when we can actually do something if he's not our long-term option? So it's going to be interesting to see if we were to stay up, what happens in the summer? Because they don't want to back him, bring in Ince players, and then Ince isn't going to be there by October kind of thing next season. I can't see us sacking him this season, um, 
even if it is really poor, uh, simply because we can't, I, unless Mark Bowen's got something up his sleeve, like, a, you know, mate, he's kept saying the other day at the fans forum, people, you know, people are doing favours for him, people he knows, Dan Ashworth, etc. Um, you know, maybe he knows a manager who wants to do him a favour, I don't know, but it'll be interesting. I yeah, can't I see him lasting, though, if, other than that. Yeah, I bet there's lots of people listening thinking, oh, he could appoint himself. Uh, Mark Bowie. Yeah, I mean, there will be one there. There will be lots of people thinking that, but I don't think that's going to happen. No. Oh, it's one upside is that obviously we have the restrictions right now, but we do have other players coming back, new signings, possibly. Who knows who they're going to be? But the problem is, I have underlying that is that you've obviously got Ijaria, you've got Mate, you've got Jao, but will they, any of those, last the whole of the season? Will they get injured again? It's highly probable, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest about this. But will the Nabisar situation come to an end this week, uh, Nick? Because <laughs> just place your bets on it. Well, none of us really know what's happening. Are you going to say yes or no? I think I think we'll get it done by the end of the window. Because um, I think Puskas That's will go. That's not the end of this week, though, is it? Come but on, not the end of this be... week. No, I can't. I can't see. I think I feel like Puskas is just going to rattle on until like the last day. And then we're drastically going to bring in some random left back and Naby Sar will get approved. Uh, and it will happen last minute. Maybe Amari Hutchinson will happen, but it will be last minute now. Um, just simply because I can't see Puskas going until the very last moment. Which I don't blame him. I mean, he's under contract. It's up to him, isn't it? How he's behaving, I don't know. There's lots of rumours about that, but mm. none of us really know. But Alex, what's your thoughts on the situation with the possible incomings and players coming back and... Just the hope on what's happening with Ridden FC. Give us some hope. Just give us a glimmer, you know? It's one game. Right? That's probably my um, my thing that I would definitely focus on from yesterday. It's one game. The season isn't a write-off based off of just yesterday. Um, we do have some depth still to come into that squad. We've obviously got, you know, potentially Ajara coming back in a couple of weeks, Mate, Jao, so on and so forth. I think the defence will look more organised once you add in Sam Hutchinson. Even if Sam, even if Nabisad doesn't even end up signing, I think even if you just add in Sam Hutchinson, that defence looks more organised straight away, um, and it just gives you a bit more option with Hoyle being able to play further forwards. That's a good thing. Strength and depth is is definitely the key. It's where we're lacking so so clearly because you look at the, the bench for yesterday, you look at the bench for last weekend. It's all teenagers. Um, and none of them are game changers. None of them are going to come on and, you know, change what really is happening within the game. Um, on that think, point, you know, Alex, I know you're saying this, but at half time, would you have made substitutions? Because it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's not straightforward. Well, yeah, it's. I think it's. I can see the logic in it of making substitutions if we had a a, a reasonably strong bench. If we had three professional, like you know, mid the players in the middle of their careers or end of their careers sat on the bench who could come on and, you know, basically be brought on to make a statement that the first half was unacceptable. I could understand it, but otherwise you're just throwing three academy players into the, like into the mess combined. And it, like, I don't really think that that is, it's, it, it almost just doesn't seem fair on them to, to throw them in when you're four nil down away from home after a shambolic first half. It's not their problem. Like it's not their fault that they're four 0 down. Why are you throwing them on? At least if you're putting on like senior professionals, there's a bit more kind of I guess understanding that it's 
more of a statement against the players who are coming off. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it probably made sense not to, but I can understand why people would have wanted to see it. I, with the players available, I don't think it really made much sense. I think a left back is is really key because Guinness Walker has definitely been signed as a squad player. He's not a, a first choice championship left back. He's looked okay in small doses, I think. Maybe the second half at Blackpool, second half against Cardiff, he was he was pretty good. But he's also looked kind of out of his depth at, at times as well. And we really could do with a you know a, a good solid six out of ten left back. It seems like Baba Rahman's contract might get terminated. Maybe that's an option. Saw Jamal Lewis's name come up from somebody on Twitter, can't remember who. Um, I think that would be a really interesting option as well. Uh, a left back would be great, I think. Um, even forgetting Nabi Sar and, and that situation. A left back would be would be fantastic before the end of the window. As you've said many times, we need some more shit houses in the team who can actually play football a bit as well. That would really help us massively. Um, I don't know who, maybe Nabi Sar is one of those, maybe Hutchison could be one of those as well. So we have a little glimmer of hope there. Um, here's a tough question then, Nick. Blackburn, coming up during the week, how's that going to go? Usually when we have a stinker like this, we'll just shock everyone and win 1-0. And I think we have got a good record against Blackburn at home. Um, we've had some good results uh, in tough seasons against them. So hopefully we can do something. But they started the season really well. They won their first two games. They do have a good, uh, good, some good players in Brereton Diaz and uh, Dolan and players like that. So it won't be easy. Um, but I feel like after that, if the players are a bit, if they don't wake up mentally from from this defeat, this 4-0 defeat, uh, I'm not sure it's going to go too well. I, th I think we'll probably, I think we're going to lose. I think we're going to lose 2-0. Yeah. I think, I think after last year when we lost against Fulham, 7-0, 7-0. Mm. We had Burrow the, at the weekend after the, the Fulham debacle and, and we played really well at Burrow and we probably deserved to win. Um, so I, I think that hopefully there is a bit of a kind of reaction on Wednesday and that the, the players can write this one off and, and basically see it down to a, you know, a one-off game and it's not going to define them. It's not going to completely write the season off just because of one result. So I, I think the main thing on, on Wednesday has to just be about like what the reaction is. If we, if we go down and we go down fighting on Wednesday and we lose one nil, then it's, yeah, it's not great that we've lost two in a row, but it, at least there's, yeah, I can see some kind of hope and some kind of reaction. If we come in on Wednesday and Blackburn just tears to shreds and the body language goes again, then that's, that's when it's time to start worrying. I think. Mm. One thing I would say is um, do be ready for us to concede a goal in the first 10 minutes because uh, I can't see anything else but that happening. Uh, I'm going to say the Blackburn are going to win 3-1. Uh, I think misery is going to be happening. I hope I'm totally wrong, but I just can't say it. I think Blackburn way too good for us. So we'll be back with more podcasts throughout the week, a post-Blackburn one, whatever happens there. And we'll also have a preview hosted by Jacob coming out probably on Thursday night. Returned the journalists, I think they'll be back on the preview as well. And I'm sure he'll be chatting to a Middlesbrough fan. So thanks a lot for listening. And if you've enjoyed it, give us a five-star review. If not, 